<laughs> Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. That the power of Christ compels you. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. What's blood for? If not for shooting. I'm your number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back, all you creatures of the night. Tis I, Matt Johnson, emerging from the shadows once again to be one of your many co-hosts of the show of the It Records podcast. And I'm joined as always with our other co-hosts, Peter and Lindsay. Guys, welcome back to the show. It's been a couple months or so since we've got in here, but uh, it's good to see you again. Couple full moons. Couple yeah. of full moons, yeah. couple fortnights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good. Good to be back talking horror movies again in the heat of the summer here. and. I want to I really want to get to our segment here to know what you guys have been watching over the past couple months or so. But um, I was slid a note here, a production note from our producers. So we've got a hot story. <laughs> we've got a we've got a story, a handyman story that needs to be addressed at the top of the hour. Wow. Right away. OK. Right out the gate. I was going to see. Do we get into the movies we've watched? Do we do we set up the movie or say no? Coming in hot. That's good because my my phone is dying and it, my notes. I took notes. You got notes. I got notes okay. and that's on wow. my phone. We've been in this <laughs> for several days now. So yeah, I, I when I texted you guys this, it was like yes. the, his last day of working on my back wall and like as a refresher, my back wall I had to rip out the wood paneling because I had flooding. Okay, and it now has been repaired, and he built two shelves for me, and I bought three shelves that matched my previous shelves and i have the full wall just full of shelves full of movies full of knickknacks and it all looks nice but the experience to get there was not worth it and i'll tell you why (laughs) (laughs) first it was from a recommendation from my mother-in-law she's worked with him Mm -hmm. um doing community service and i was like yeah like He's, he said he was a nice guy. He would do it, you know, pretty cheap. Because I thought, like, oh, like, you're friends with him. But, like, I think this guy, he, like, kind of prides himself on, like, giving people, like, good deals. Because he, like, frames it as, like, he's a nice person. But I think there's more to it than that. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. So, let me see. I'm trying to think where to start. Because he's a wild man. Okay. I don't know if I should just, like, pull the craziest punch. I think I will. He yeah, is an ex He's an ex-convict. Oh, okay. He used, good... deal, he used to deal heroin in the nineties. Oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> Which is, you know, you know, he's trying to build himself back up. Sure. Sure. That he's trying to, you know, make something of himself. Yeah, rehabilitate. Yeah. You know, I believe in that. I think that's fine. Absolutely. I think it messed up with his head a little bit. I think he did a little too many drugs oh. in those days because he's an odd dude. Okay. He, Made just like calling him on the phone was excruciating. Like he would just like talk and talk and like you can't even get like a word in. And then like he would just tell you about stuff you don't even fucking care about. Like he'd be like, oh yeah, like I have this drill that's really nice and I just bought a blade. 
it costs fifty dollars. I'm like, I, I don't care. How is this relevant? about my shelves. Yeah, yeah. it's it, 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 anything. He told me that. Yeah. He he also told me he had a great memory, and he would repeat <laughs> stuff to me all the fucking time. He told me about that saw blade like at least twenty times. He explained to me what dental bones are. Like I don't know what fucking dental bones are. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, really good. It cleans your dog's teeth. Yeah, I fucking know what dental bones are. <laughs> well, did you say that to him? Did you ever say, I know what a dental bone is? Or did you just, I don't, or did you I just don't, like allow him to I just allowed. I just allowed him to have the floor. Okay. Right. But like, how do you, do you say, I know what dental bones are? Do you just say that to his face? To an ex-convict? <laughs> I think there's a, there's a window. The guy in a bar fight and slashed someone's eye with a razor blade? That's what he told yeah, me. Yeah, I was like, uh, what is he an ex-con of? <laughs> That's not even what it's for. He told me he got in a bar fight and he slashed his eye with a razor blade. Well, that oh, does change the stakes shit. a little bit. Yeah, I think but... you had a window of when he mentioned dog bone to say, yes, I have a dog bone as well. But if you didn't, then I would feel like, well, I can't say it now that he's, t- he's talking about it forever. I can't be like, yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> you, run, you run a risk. Yeah, I'd probably just let him go. Knowing yeah. that piece of information. <laughs> and then like another Yeah, you really buried the lead there. We didn't <laughs> another another quirky thing is like when he, he would always have a story of explaining specific tools and one that stuck to my mind, he was explaining a, a specific saw to me. Mm. And he's like, Oh, you remember that one video where those ISIS punks were sawing off the journalist's head with the saw? He's like, Yeah, that's the kind of saw they use. So I was like, I have thinking I was like, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> What? Okay. Yeah, we got the common video. No, <laughs> I I don't know what he's watching in his spare time. Cause like we also would like I went with him to Home Depot to like buy because he, he was nice enough to give me his because he had a, a veterans discount and he let me use it to buy materials. So I was getting materials at cost, which was nice of him. But okay, again, this was six days of work you know spread out i think two or three months that i was because i was like could only take them for so long it was it was it was a lot <laughs> i'm not even done <laughs> was it due to was he asking suggestions of how he should do it oh my god or yes. just okay like, this is reminding me of the seinfeld situation where it's like too many yes oh yes that is just that you bring that up do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like He's the expert, and he's like, oh, I could do it this way, this way, this way, whatever you want. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have these tools. I'm relying on your expertise. Like, this, I was like, right. I want shelves built. Do that. Yeah. And it, it, if it's a stupid way, don't do it. If it's a good way, do that. Like, I, I don't know what's good or not. Like, I'm stupid when it comes to that. I don't know. I'm not handy. I'm not a handyman. That's why I hired you. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, like when we, would, when we would go to Home Depot because I went there like twice with him. Like, uh, and <laughs> well, the first time we went there, we were looking for a specific kind of cock, and then he couldn't find it at Home Depot. And then he asked like one of the workers there, and he's like, and she's like, oh yeah, I think it's this. And then he's like, no, it's not that. That's bad. Like you don't want to use it. And explained to her, like why she shouldn't sell this one and have the other. I'm like, I'm like. She is not in control of the Home Depot fucking stock. She's just working here, fucking them yeah. like, like give her a break. Yeah. <laughs> She's not the product selector. Yeah, and then like he'd always be like, 
I gotta I gotta go to this specific checkout because I know they gave me my veterans discount at this one. I'm like, they're gonna give you your veterans discount at any checkout because it's Home Depot. And most stores would give you a discount. If they don't, I would be very surprised. Yeah. And then another thing <laughs> I was gonna say, what else we got? It was on on route home and he it was construction and he was complaining about the people who do use the signs, you know, the slow and stop. Like he complained about that job because they get paid well and that it's like, you know, he was like complaining about like, oh yeah, you see women and minorities in those jobs and they get paid really well to do nothing. And I was like, okay, what's the problem? (laughs) Is it a, is it not a problem if a white man is doing it? Is that what he's saying? It seems like he was implying that. It seems. I I don't know because he teetered. He said things that were very bad like that. And then he would say other things. I'm like, okay, I agree with you there. Like, so I don't know how he was politically, but like that was weird. I think, I think it was more about the money situation because, again, where how he gives people deals and prides himself in that. I think he does it because he's very, very annoying. And <laughs> he cannot get people to stand him. Because like when I complained to my mom about this, she was just like, "At least he was cheap." I was like, "I would literally never use him again." Like I blocked his number so he would stop calling me. Because he called me after he was done. And he was Why? like, I want to come back and fix something. I was like, no, you don't need to come back. It's good. <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> you did it. I don't want to see you again. I'm sorry. Dang. Wow, this is such the Seinfeld scenario. <laughs> Pete, you're living the episode. Yeah, I am. And then, like, when it, like in the way he took notes, it was, like, beautiful mind. Like, I don't know. Like, he was just, like, doing these crazy notes. And then he'd be like, oh, yeah, what else do we need? And I was like, I cannot read what you said. You, like, wrote down six numbers next to each other. And I think you are the only one that can <laughs> decipher what that means. Mm-hmm. Like, he would write, like, a big 15. And then he would write numbers smaller and smaller next to each other for him to remember lengths. And I was like, I don't know oh, man. how you that helps you remember yeah. stuff. <laughs> So this was like a recommendation from your mother-in-law. Yes. Oh, I bet she feels terrible. I are you? I, do you have a good relationship? Yes, we do. Well, yeah, okay. I do. And like, just and like, setting you up. But I've kind of complained about him. Like, she complained about him too. So I was confused why she okay. hated him in, in the first place. Yeah. So I think she was more of like. Probably because he was on the cheaper side is probably what she was thinking. Probably. Not and worth like, it, as it turns out. I got three more notes to, to hit. Here, so <laughs> oh, I, I'll sorry. Try and, no, no, mid. I'm not. Uh, I just want to make sure I get to them because there, there's yeah. some good stuff yeah. here. Okay. <laughs> when he was, like, cutting pieces, he's like, oh, do you have a pencil? I'm like, yeah, here you go. And he's like, this is not a pencil. This is a pen. I'm like, no, it's literally a pencil. It's a mechanical pencil. And then, oh, like, shit. he's like, he was like, oh, okay. And then he's like, yeah, this is a drafting pencil. And then he proceeded to explain what a drafting pencil was to me. I was like, you didn't even know this was a mechanical pencil <laughs> ten, 10 seconds, seconds ago. ago. <laughs> and then now you're explaining to me what a drafting pencil is. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and then I think this was uh, the first, like, the, so it was just split up to two different chunks of work. It was like, you know, fixing the wall and then doing the, the shelves. Mm-hmm. And then when he was doing the shelf part, it was a, it was the first day he was coming back. And then he like had a really rough job the day before. And then he like called me and he immediately, like, this is how he, when I answered the phone, he's like, I'm hurt. 
That's how he answers the. That's how the first thing he says, and I was like, "What?" what? <laughs> like, and then he just like proceeded to talk about how he got like beat up at the last job, and I was like, assuming he was gonna, you know, like, "Oh, can we reschedule?" No, he just wanted to. I, I, I guess he just wanted to complain, or was I supposed to give him the out? Be like, "Oh, come back a different day." I don't know. I think I was very confused by that, and that was a crazy way. To, crazy way they answered the phone. You called because he was supposed to come and do work, and he said, so I, "Yeah, I, I call. I called him the day before. Like, can you come in? Yeah, okay. I can come in. He calls me, like before he's coming. He's like, I'm hurt. <laughs> that and wait, did you did you say can you come in? Or he answered just, I'm hurt. When he, you he picks up, did it? I'm hurt. No, so he <laughs> called me. He called me, oh, okay. and I answered, and then he's like, I'm hurt. <laughs> All right. I think he was looking for some sort of out. Yeah. I don't, about right. I don't think so. Okay. I really don't because like, I remember when I, that topic got brought up again. Uh, Cause he's like, he's like, I don't do that because like, it wasn't like a handyman job. It was more of like a landscaping job that he was doing and he was really complaining about it. I was like, Oh, you should have explained to him. You don't do that work. And he's like, Oh, I can't do that. You know, like I need the money. So I was like, okay, I think he just like wanted an avenue to complain. Yeah. Is what I think it is. Yeah. You must have a, a warm a warm presence and people love talking to me that I don't know. I'd get this, I used to get this all the time, like on airplanes. Oh. Oh my god. I like never want to fly in because I remember I had an old woman tell me something for two hours once. And I was mm. just like, I just wanted to listen to music. I'm with That's you. Like I, I was on the flight from. I was just back from Colorado. It was a three, you know, three seats. I was on the aisle. Older woman was on the window. No one in the middle. And I thought I did the universal thing of like I'm not really wanting to talk, which was to put my headphones on and close my eyes. I you swear, did. the whole trip was like, pat pat. Hey, da 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 da. No, <laughs> I don't want to engage. What up? This. Real life horror story. Right, I guess uh, I'm going to have a conversation for this flight now. <laughs> I, you know, that stuff never happens to me. I think like I don't have a very friendly, inviting face, and <laughs> that never happens to me. But I can well, sympathize when it happens to you. <laughs> that was fine. It was all right. <laughs> no, got back okay. But it looks like Pete has a similar, a similar face where not only people on flights but handyman. Not even in your vicinity, but when I call you up out of the yeah. blue. Yes. And just talk to you. Yeah. I bought that man's number. I, I don't want to. If I need handyman work done, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do some of my own research and hire someone on my own yeah. accord. But the last final point I want to make that right. really bothered me, which is what cemented it for me not wanting to hire him. Okay. Is that like. So I gave him extra, so I paid him in two increments. The first time I gave him a little extra money because I was like, I felt kind of bad for him because like, you know, he's like, seems like he's struggling. I was trying to give him a little extra and then he refused to accept it. And then he was like, I'll put it towards your next project because I know we're not done. It was like 50 extra dollars. So I was like, okay, I'll go towards the cabinet project. And then once it was time to pay the man, like the last day, I was like, oh, how much do I owe you? Because I need to go to the bank to get cash because he wanted to be paid in cash. Uh-huh. And then he took this as an absolute offense. 
He's like, I'm giving you a deal here. And I was like, I know. What? I just don't know how much I owe you. I have to What's go the problem? Get money. I have yeah. to go get money from the bank. <laughs> Are you just wanting me to guess how much you need? Yeah, so confusing. And then he's like, okay, so it's $400. And then since you pay me 50 bucks already, it's 350 He's like, you know, but that kind of, you know, that kind of is lousy though, because that wouldn't even cover my gas money that it took for me to get here. Oh, man. And I was like, wow, I did not appreciate that. And I remember I was like, because I did the math and I was like, I guesstimated like how much his truck got mileage. I knew what suburb he was from. The most he spent on fucking gas was fifty dollars. He is the And he refused to take the extra rules. money. Yeah, he makes the rules, he makes the fucking prices, account for your <laughs> mileage. You tell me what I owe you. Yeah. That's... I didn't I didn't say like <laughs> You're in charge. No, I'm not do- I'm not doing the three fifty. Fuck you, dude. That's insane. This guy What's- you told me a price and then are upset with what I gave you. I, that's it's frustrating. It's like a lose lose. Yeah, that was that, was, you do? that was the final straw. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, I think I said, "What could you do?" I, or I was oh just yeah, frustrating. No, yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> I think I, I uh, want to pay you for your services. <laughs> just tell me what it is. I don't know why this is an argument. <laughs> I think blacking him was the right thing to do. If only you could like. Black people in real life too, like Black Mirror. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I think uh, I think you did the you made the right call. You got your shelves and you blacked them. Yeah, those were my highlights. That's those were the highlights that I could remember. Some were small details, but I thought they were absolutely necessary to fully yeah. encompass this man. They paint the those full picture. That last one takes the cake. That's <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew. I knew it was a good one to save for last. I was thinking about the drug dealer one. I was like, no, I got to start with that one. Yeah, that gives us character. That gives us background. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was trying tell to tell us story. what he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot get over the the gas comment. Like it pissed me off. I was you... just like, not to mention. Oh, I forgot. I forgot one point. I forgot one point. I help. I ha- I had to help him do some things too mm-hmm. so like he was one person he brought a table saw with him and he had to cut very big boards so i helped him with the table saw and he was like so unsafe with it like <sighs> like i have not i don't have a lot of experience with table saws i've used them a few times yeah but i know that was an incorrect way to use a table <laughs> saw Everything in my senses and my experiences told me you yeah. don't use a saw that like he, way. <laughs> he like left it on for way too long. Uh, and I was it made me so uncomfortable. I like turned it off. He's like, I'm not done using it. And I was just like, I couldn't I was like, I couldn't hear you. I was trying to hear you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not done using it. Well <laughs> Turn it back on. Yeah, like, turn it you know, on. Like you, you could have easily tripped and fell into it. Like my yeah. God. There's no reason to have a active blade just idling nearby it, he was so careless i couldn't believe yeah. how careless he was with the table saw because oh. how old was this guy roughly would you say well he told me i know he's was a veteran so i'm assuming he served oh. in vietnam okay. so i'm assuming 60s he's got to be 60s. Okay. Yeah. that's what i'm assuming at least maybe a little bit older because my dad's yeah, didn't serve in vietnam I, can't, I think he just. He's got to be Sev close because Vietnam War was like sixty years ago, roughly. No, fifty something. Fifty something years ago. Fifty something. 
So I'm so assuming he, he was drafted. I'm assuming he was drafted. He probably, yeah, late 60s, early 70s. And like, let's say he was drafted at the end, 72. Well, what a trip. I'm glad. I'm glad we got the story. Me too. We learned when knew you were coming in hot, had some details. And I was, thir- I was thoroughly impressed. I felt like I was there. The that rises to the level of a creepy headline. So that, that works. That's right. That works in tandem. So according to that math, he's 69. If he, if he was 18 and 72. So he's okay. older than I thought. Yeah. Well, Pete, appreciate the story. Appreciate uh, the handyman deets. But I'm also curious from both of you, what you've been watching, horror or otherwise. Welcome to the show. It's time to find out what the terrible trio have been watching. Or who has been watching them. Lindsay, I'm going to let you take it first, at least, because I need need a little bit of a breather. I got a little (laughs) Well, um, the main things I've been watching, really no movies, sadly. Um, I do think I mentioned it the last time that we recorded, but um, I started watching um, The Challenge again on uh, Paramount Plus, so... I had started with, I believe, Inferno 3. I'm now on Battle of the Seasons. So to put that in perspective, um, Battle of the Seasons was 2012. Not a great season, but you have to just, you know, wade through the tedium to get to the Who's on that one again? It's been a while since I watched Um, So this is like when Nani is introduced. Um, It's a lot of people I don't like, which I've never really, you know... These aren't good people on these shows. No. They're not meant to be, you know, very likable. But I really don't like this season because, um, let's see, Nani. Uh, so this is a season where, like, the rookies come in, like Frank and Zach from San Diego, and they flip the entire game around. Oh, and people I like Alton. Hated, yeah. hated that season. I love I Alton. Frank. I hate Frank with the passion. I hate Frank. And so, like, people, like, the that's, like, the game's all flipped around. I'm like, that's not how this goes. You guys go in to the arena, which I think is, like, the lamest, like, elimination name yet, like, that they had. But that's another thing. Um, but, yeah, like, this is the one where the rookies come in and they just, like, form their alliances. The vets are, like, the odd ones out. And I don't, I don't like it at all. Um, and I remember how it ends too. So the end is very unsatisfying with like the team that you hate the most winning. Um, but it's still like been amazing to rewatch this entire thing. So yeah, challenge 80% of the time. Um, there's also season two of Cruel Summer that came back, um, which is like an anthology series. Um, it's a mystery. There's only been two seasons, but each season is a mystery. I think Jessica Beals, an executive producer on it, where she's involved um, with the making of the show. That's been okay. But yeah, it, it, it is hard because we're so spoiled nowadays that uh, when you're waiting each week for your episode to come out, it's just like torture versus being able to vent <laughs> it all, you know? Other than that, I'm just waiting for um, season three of Only Murders in the Building to come back. That's coming back next month. That's a great so. show. Nice. Do you guys watch it? 
I love that show. Yeah. Good show. Hey, did you finish Pretty Little Liars? <laughs> so uh, when I got Paramount Plus, I kind of had to stop with the Pretty Little Liars <laughs> because, and I don't, I really don't know when I'm going to be able to go back because I've been giving my main attention to the challenge as it should it requires it requires a lot (laughs) you know i'm like this i I went through the challenge like crazy when i was like in challenge mode yeah like we were were watching like so many episodes at a time it's the best i have my challenge sundays typically that's when i watch the show more because i don't really have time during the week but i love it like i just you know a lot of my Sunday, and this is why people should not mess with my Sundays. Um, as I was talking yeah. about offline, I don't like to. It's do your day. Anything. It's your day of rest. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and my day to watch the challenge. So as it should exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. It's recharge day. Yep. All right, one of you can take it away. Matt, I still need a breather. <laughs> need a breather still. All right, I have my list here. I have. I feel like I've consumed quite a bit. I'm going to go yeah, with... I have as well. I don't even know if this incorporates all of it, but um, I'll, I'll do movies first. In terms of horror, I watched uh, what we did today. Strangers, Audition, Alien, Rosemary's Baby, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I've watched those ones. I also have been trying to catch up with all the... Not catch up, but rewatch all the Indiana Jones because Dial of Destiny is now out. So I've watched Temple of nice. Doom, Raiders, and Last Crusade so far. How do you feel about the fourth one? I'm not you a huge fan Crystal. of Crystal Skull. I, I haven't wa- I haven't rewatched it. That's next. I just finished Last mm-hmm. Crusade, so we'll see. I remember. I, I actually really like it. I do. See, I know that's a minority. I, I I know, and but the thing is, I think Temple of Doom for the long time was like that. What that black sheep in the franchise. I remember kind of liking it. Just rewatched it. Home run. I love Temple of Doom. I think it's it's got so many horror elements to it, like horror and comedy elements where like Last Crusade and Raiders don't. They're more like action heavy, um, like very pulpy. But I really like Temple of Doom. So maybe going back, I'll like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull more that I've had some distance from it. I think people think it's a problem because it has to do with aliens. I, I don't know why that's it. I think it still fits the pulpy. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's just a different color dime back or whatever it was back in the day. You know, it's just like, yeah, uh, you had your crazy adventure serials and you had your like sci-fi spectaculars of the same era. What I'm interested to see with it. And I was talking to my girlfriend about this was, what I liked about like Last Crusade, Last Crusade specifically and Raiders, I think Raiders is the best one, is like there is that supernatural to it where it's like it's or, or not supernatural, but that religious element where like it's the Ark of the Covenant and like yeah, it has the power of God and it can smite people and like it, the Nazis want it. And so that's kind of has this like fantastical element to it. But all of the action and the information you're being presented is very factual and grounded. And I want to, and I, I like that where it's like everything that's happening seems very real, but like what they're after is very, very fantastical. And you only get like a, a bit of that at the very end when they open the the arc. And I, and when I'm thinking back to Crystal Skull, I'm seeing like Shia swinging with the monkeys in the trees, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know, like this action is as grounded as I want it to be. But I, again, that's just from it's been years since I've watched it. But that's what I I'm, think. 
it's similar to like crazy stunts that like last crusade i mean that's my favorite one there's some crazy stuff in that and like i think sure the umbrella and the plane yeah we yeah (laughs) we are able to create so much more extravagant stunts now let's do that because it's indiana jones sure you got to keep going bigger each each new installment The the raiders is the first one it can be simple but how, uh, here's the trivia before I finish out my movies. How old do you think Harrison Ford was in Raiders, 1981? I looked it up when I was watching it. Is he 40? I was going to say 40s. He's 39 in the first one. And then Temple of Doom is four years later. So he's like 44 or 45. He is, he is a big old smoking hottie in fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark. Badass. Yeah. I'd say for all of the 80s. Yeah, all, give me Blade all. Runner. Give me Han Solo. Yeah. Give me Indy. <laughs> I'm all here for it. <laughs> but he's like in his 40s. I always thought he was younger, like during that he looked young. He looked young, really good in the 80s and early 90s. Like yeah. Fugitive. Man, he's like 40s fucking... and 50s in that point. Yeah. Yeah. Movie, Fugitive, that's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. But I'm still making my way through those because I want to go see Dial of Destiny, which I have, yet, I have not seen yet. It's I haven't in, either. That's out in theaters. I saw Asteroid City. Of course, the new Wes Anderson, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or Across the Spider-Verse, I think is the new one. That's a new one, yeah. Uh, Wizard of Oz, I rewatched. Page Master. You guys remember that Macaulay Culkin movie uh, back in the no, day? Not at uh, all. And then, let's see, TV, I'll be quick. I'm rewatching Breaking Bad, but that took a, a pin because I, wa- I watched all of Always Sunny. Since the last time we recorded, I've watched oh the God. entire series, all 16 seasons, including what's on TV. Damn. Courtney wants to watch that now. So we're going we're gonna to start a, going through it. It was a fun rewatch because there was a trivia. There was a trivia in town. For Did Sunday. you win the trivia? Yeah, did anyone even stand a chance? He, he did I, win it. I did not win the trivia. Oh, I don't believe you. Win. Yeah. I You're placed. Just being modest. But didn't win. This was packed. This was like. This was like the pact I've, I've ever seen this trivia. And we didn't have a big, some teams were like five to 10 people deep, but placed, but didn't win. Unfortunately, I lost a streak of, uh, of taking it home. <laughs> well, I wonder if you're like known in Phoenix as yeah. like that fucking guy. Who's that asshole? Trivia. If they see you, I, I'm going to, I'm going to get him. In. I'm going to get him one day. <laughs> they probably just turn around and leave because they're like, there's no mm-hmm. point in even. I gotta start wearing disguises. Can't take them. <laughs> that way for our shot, and it's always sunny. <laughs> That's good, but yeah, didn't win. But I think that'll round it out. I know there's some other ones, and I'm oh, beginners. I watched that one, Mike Mills movie. Ewan McGregor, Christopher Plummer won the Oscar for it. But that's what I've watched. Nice. Pete, do you have your letterbox open? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to say all of it because I went a little crazy last month. I watched yeah. 22 movies in one month. That, okay. What so does that put I'll, you for I, the year? I was yeah. curious of that. For the year, I believe yeah. it's 82. Ooh, That's so good. We're close. I know. I saw that you were being currently. <laughs> I checked. <laughs> Very close. Okay. Yeah, it's close. I'll give you I'll give you some highlights, but the when it when I first chose this movie, I realized on Letterboxd, I was like, I am close to 600 movies. So I had like my race to 600 yeah. horror movies. I did that like, 
So what I did, I did this movie. I did Pieces, Vampires, Nose Frought to the Vampire, Village of the Damned, and Scream 6 to wrap. To, that was my 600th horror movie, which I mentioned off this podcast. Yeah, that yeah. was my least favorite Scream movie. And Matt, you also you agreed with me. Well, I don't know if it's my least favorite, but I, I think I still put three as my least favorite, but it's a close one with six. Like, I, I did not enjoy six. It, it, That's it's true. A toss, it's a toss-up. I, I like three. You know, I think as time went on, I like three more, and I think the same thing would happen with six. Like, I don't hate Scream 6. I think right. it is a much lesser Scream movie. Agreed, 100%. I think, like, as a franchise, it's one of the more consistent, like, consistent in quality that I like. But of the franchise, I was I was let down. I was a little bit let down. with the, I think the, the lack of Neff Campbell carries yeah a lot of weight no nev no dewey um you got some of gale but yeah. limited gale it's very limited gale i feel like uh mm-hmm. once they i think nev fought back you know um what's her name she she's like i will if you give me I, i'm assuming that's like what they offered her they're like okay i'll give you 15 minutes of screen time for that money mm-hmm. i feel like that's probably what it was like Courtney Cox was in yeah because it felt like she was in it for maybe 20 minutes yeah she wasn't in it very much but it it's also like I don't want to can we can we spoil a little bit Uh, I'm not gonna give killer away but like have you seen six Lindsay yeah oh I'm like nodding and I'm like no I haven't seen six I won't Um, don't spoil it I won't spoil I'll give it I'll go broader with it but like one thing that annoyed me about it was like you know, they're like, oh, we're part of a franchise now, right? That was like the play because like there's six yeah. of us. Like, that's fine. Like, because it's always been meta and they're like, anything's on the table and anybody can die. And I felt like both of those weren't true by the end of the movie. Uh, that mistakes really weren't raised. We'd seen kind of everything the, before. And I don't the think rules we that they established, which yes. Scream always does. Right. I think that's it. Yeah. They set up the rules. They break them. And that's that's part of the fun of watching it. But they set up rules and then didn't follow it. Yeah, they they made it too convoluted because I know in other screen movies they're like, but you could break the rules if you do it this way, and it does that because mm-hmm. it's fucking meta as hell because it's scream. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm glad. Besides, I'm glad you six, felt similar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, race. Uh, a highlight was, oh yeah, postcards from the edge. That was a great movie. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. No. It's like uh, the guy who directed the the graduate, I believe, is something Nichols. I think his name is. Oh, Mike Nichols. Yeah. Michael Mike Nichols. Thank you. It's Meryl Streep, and forget the other woman's name. Oh, Shirley MacLaine. Yes. Pleasure mother. Great dynamic. Just all, and it's like the story is based off a book that was written by Carrie Fisher. And it's like about pseudo about her life, and it's her, yeah, her and Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, interesting. Okay, like it's about her and her relationship with her mother when she was like going through like, you know, when she was having drug problems or whatever. Yeah, interesting. I didn't so, know about that. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend this movie. It was great, like because it's like a showbiz movie, and I love showbiz movies. And then she's mm-hmm. like also having a complicated relationship with her mother, so it's just like. It's got like sadness. It's got laughs. You know, it's got showbiz element. I was like, this is a great movie. 
Yeah. It, it ends great. it ends it ends with Meryl Streep singing. Great. <laughs> She's actually great. a really good singer. Yeah. She's in Mamma Mia. Yeah. Yes. She was so good in that. So, you know how I was watching Twilight before, right? How I finished that series. I started and finished the Hunger Games series since we last spoke. So that was uh, I actually hadn't seen the last two, so I was able to finally complete that chapter. That was Mockingjay. Yeah, the Mockingjay is part one and two. I had not seen. And then Glad I also, you could close that chapter. Yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed the Hunger Games. It's a good franchise. Pun intended. Close the chapter on <clears throat> Hunger Games. I actually haven't pre- seen. They're the coming Hunger out the prequel. Well, like a prequel movie because yeah, I thought come out the prequel movie. Isn't there a book already? Yeah, it came out in twenty twenty. Okay. That's right. So another highlight was I re- I watched the remake of Manchurian Candidate. Pretty good movie. Is that Denzel Washington? It is. That's okay. I haven't seen that remake, but it's a pretty solid remake. Yeah, I would recommend it. It's uh, Jonathan Demme, if you're familiar, the guy who directed Silence of the Lambs. Yes. So it's got a little bit of like his like creepy Silence of the Lambs. You know, like there's some creepy ass shots in that movie and then you're getting it that make you feel very uneasy and paranoid because yeah. the chair and Kennedy is all about paranoia. Yeah, I mean, he, and, you know, we said Silence of the Lambs is like a psychological horror. So he directed that really well um, to get that sort of like uneasiness. And then to kind of wrap it up is I watched Alfred Hitchcock's Marnie, which I was not crazy about. Uh, the original Dawn of the Dead. But I watched a different cut of it, the one that was released in Europe, where Dario Argento cut it for European audiences, and that's what started like the zombie, zombie. franchise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like they cut twenty minutes of the movie. It's all like the characterization, so it's like more action heavy because it's like you know all the the talking is cut down, and then uh, you have like Goblin that does the soundtrack for it but it sounded the same so i was kind of disappointed with that cut mm. in my opinion where'd you were we able to see that i own it oh you own it there you go <laughs> okay yeah i i own a, like a collector's edition from england gotcha because Dawn of the dead won't be released in america anytime soon on home video because of rights issues makes sense makes sense so i imported that shit <laughs> Got it for my own Blu-ray player. I'm guessing it's Blu-ray. It's 4K because 4K, 4K is region-free. Nice. But I do want to get a region-free Blu-ray player so that I can expand my options of getting more imports. Yeah, like Possession. Like Possession. Uh, like Possession. Have you seen that movie? No, just the cover of it was enough. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a wild fucking movie, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. It, very, it is. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of crazy scenes in that, but very good yes. scenes. Clue, we watched Clue. Fucking love that movie. Is no, there's a Madeline, classic. Madeline Kahn classic. in that, is it right? Who is that? Madeline Kahn. I'm not sure who that is. She's in like Young Frankenstein. She's in Blazing Saddles. I think so. You know, I I was yeah, I she couldn't is. place yeah I couldn't place I, now that you say I think that that's I was like where do I know this woman from? I couldn't place her. Yeah, she's in a lot of Mel Brooks. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I know the guy that's from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. He's in it, the principal. Oh, love that. Um, And then I believe the guy who's in, he's in Better Call Saul, I think he is, is also in it. And Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. 
Yeah. I was so obsessed with that movie as a kid. I was too. Because I loved the, the board game. I played yeah. that board game all the time with my mom. How many successful movies have been made from board games? Yeah, how many can say that? How does that happen? Right? Not a lot. Clue is the one. There's no Monopoly movie. Exactly what I was thinking. Life? Like, how do you make a movie? No. I loved Life. Sorry, Trouble. Mouse Hunt could be about Mouse Trap. (laughs) Yeah, that's a logical conclusion. Yeah, that's true. Jumanji was the movie first, and then they made yes, a game. And then, yeah. and then a game, okay. yeah. Yeah, a lot of movies like can turn into games, but not a lot of games turn into movies. Yeah. Except like, more recently, you have like D&D, the movie, which is the closest, like more role-playing, yeah. so not really a board game, but yeah. that's like the closest I could think of besides like... That's true. Video games know, have been. Yeah, video games are pretty prominent mm-hmm. in movies. Yeah. And the final thing, what I watched today, I have never seen the Stargate TV show, but I watched well, the movie with Kurt Russell, and I absolutely, yeah. like, I fucking love, it was a great time. I was like, what? Like, it reminded me of, like, Independence Day, like, another movie I love, and, like, Evolution. Have you ever seen that one? Like, oh, another Richard, big... Yeah, Richard Gere, is he? No. Is that who's in that no, one? It's no, it's uh, David, David Duchovny. David Duchovny, yeah. yeah. And you got, um... <laughs> Fucking what's his name from American Pie? Oh, Sean William Scott. Right, isn't he in that? Stif- Stifler. Evolution. Oh, it, who's yeah. the? Is yeah, it Julianne Moore? God. Yeah, she's Julianne she's Moore. The, yeah. Okay. It's a good movie. I remember liking it when it came out. I haven't seen it in probably since it came out. Yeah, Sean William Scott. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend all three of those big budget oh. sci-fi movies. Yeah, it's Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, Stargate was Roland Emmerich, which is really funny to me. Roland Emmerich. Kurt Russell. Anything with Kurt Russell count me in. That's uh I know he's great. I, I love Kurt Russell. Anything Kurt I feel Russell. that way about Goldie Hawn. Yeah, Goldie so Hawn as well. Be, we must have the perfect marriage and watch Overboard then, because it has both. Pretty of them. much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen the original uh, Overboard though, so that's definitely on my list. What are you waiting for? It's got Goldie I know. Hawn. It's only been out for like forty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they play Mr. and Mrs. Claus in that Netflix movie, right? What's that called? That's right. That's the Christmas Chronicles. That's what it is, yeah. They're Mr. and Mrs. Claus. I was going to say the Santa Chronicles. <laughs> I did watch the first Wives Club at your recommendation, Pete, like last fall, and I just thought she was so spectacular in that. They Isn't all were. That great? Yeah. I like when I saw a trailer for that movie, I was like, Courtney, we have to watch this. This is literally a movie made for you. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like that. It was like that one. Married to the Mob was like another one. Okay, yeah. that's good to know because I haven't seen that one yet. But Great I'd movie. probably love it if you say I would. I think you would. It's just like freaking Michelle Pfeiffer being incredible in it the whole time. I love that. Yeah, that's 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 my highlights. Sorry, it's still long, but I watched a lot of movies since we last reported. Like that's I've seen Yeah, I mean it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute since we've recorded, and we're. Uh... Oh, Yellow Jackets. That is the horror TV show that I started and finished. Highly recommend, even though season two is not as good as the first. I've I've heard recommendations for it. Just never. It's got Christina Ricci in it, which is she's always great. Uh, The woman who plays Rose in Two and a Half Men. I can always forget her name. She's in it. She's good in it. And uh, Juliet Lewis is in it. 
Yeah, it's a pretty solid cast. All right. Well, I think that's what we've watched or otherwise. But we did watch a specific movie for the podcast or a horror movie podcast. We watched the 2008 film Lake Mungo, which is directed and written by Joel Anderson. This is an Australian film. Real quick synopsis that this is pulled from IMDb. Strange things start happening to a family after a girl is found drowned in a lake. The following is based on true events. Can you interpret dreams? Mm. Sometimes. How do you feel when you wake up from these dreams? They scare me a bit. For Alice Palmer, underneath the hopes of a bright future were suspicions. I feel like something bad is going to happen to me. That death was near. You scared of dying? Yeah, of course I'm scared of dying. That was the last time that I saw her. I kept hearing noises in the hallway. It hasn't reached me yet, but it's on its way. I feel like I can't do anything. I think Ellie saw a ghost. I didn't have any rational explanation for who was in those photos. Something was happening inside that house and I wanted to find out what it was. There was a ghost in the house. This is sort of a found footage film. I had never seen it. I'll say that. I had never seen it prior to. I felt very night. documentary to me. Yes. Yeah. More than, more than found footage, is... I would say. Like, even though I think it is under the found footage genre, like, it is presented very much like a documentary, which is very interesting because I don't think I've seen that too often in the horror movie genre. Agreed. And it's totally different than anything that we've watched, I think, as a group or anything that I've watched in general. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, it, it's documentary because Alice, Alice Palmer is her name. She drowns in a lake is kind of how it starts. And it's interviewing the, the mother, father, and brother afterwards. Um, and it'll, it'll, things will progress as we go through it. But it's definitely mockumentary style. Like it's, yes. it's, it's, it's set up That's and like, I feel like up. if we see that in the horror genre, it's a horror comedy, like what we do in the shadows or something. Yes. That is, this, that's a good, that's a good point. But this plays very straight. This plays very scary. That's why it felt like, that's why I said documentary because it's played so straight. Like it feels almost believable because it like, you know, like if you watch like a ghost, <laughs> You know, sorry, we're, it's a there's ghostly elements to this movie, and it feels believable because like the family, some of the family members believe that this is happening to them, and you have your skeptics, of course, but like just the way that it progresses, it's like wow, this feels like something straight out of real life. Like you could see yourself, people going through this grief and believing that they're being haunted by their dead daughter. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, 100%. Like, that's the setup is she 
she drowned in in the lake and they're seem like they're grieving and they're just interviewing them and things are progressing where they think maybe she's not dead maybe it was somebody else the whole movie to me just feels like there are ghost elements we'll learn that you know there actually are some spirits or something supernatural at work here but really the movie felt more about like grief and loss and for a lot of it, it even seemed like, well, is this just their mem? Like, are they misremembering things? Are they just hoping that there's a they're seeing these ghosts here, or is it supernatural? And they're just trying to accept the reality of what happened. Um, and I thought there was a pretty interesting, I guess, intermingling of those. Sometimes I felt like, oh, they're just seeing things, and then clearly, as we progress, that maybe there is something there. Maybe there's something. Yeah, um, there was a lot of like. Um almost i guess you could say red herrings you know like um i'm gonna jump forward a little bit if you if you don't mind yeah i like how we learn i feel like the first big plot line we learn is that the brother was superimposing images of his sister as it's kind of something for him to do i believe that uh, he probably gave himself those bruises because he had like a bunch of bruises all over his body that they didn't know what was going on and they cleared up all of a sudden one day so it just like kind of felt like a way of him kind of dealing with his grief it's like oh i'm just like doing something that's kind of preoccupying my time yeah and i think also to try to i guess attempt at some sort of closure because the mom didn't want to see the body um when they found alice in the lake right and so I, they say it too, like there was a part of her that, you know, doesn't want to believe that it was really her because she didn't ever didn't see her. want to look yeah. at the body. Right. And then the the father did. He felt like that was his duty as a father, I believe, is how he kind of worded it. But I think it was the brother, like, kind of faking, you know, the imagery. But he was the first one of, uh, to Alice's experience things that were not a part of the videotaping so like that's why it was like kind of confusing along the way because he experienced stuff first and that's when they decided to like videotape stuff then they brought in like um like an expert to help explain things and then like you learn that like through interviews that like there's more to him like it's just like a lot of like misdirection throughout the movie and you're like i don't know what's happening (laughs) Yeah. There's several twists of information yeah. that keep getting brought in. Like you mentioned, the brother was kind of superimposing things. And then we learned that the psychic they brought in had already met the daughter prior to meeting the family. And then there was this potential like affair with the next door neighbors. Yeah. And so like that part was crazy. I was like, what? Like, cause like, yeah, like they found out like later on that like, oh, like this is not a superimposed image. Like that looks like our neighbor who is in right. her room for some reason. And you find out there's like a sex tape of her, of their daughter with like the neighbors. And it's like, what is happening? <laughs> Cause she used to babysit yeah. for them. This I think it was mentioned. Yeah, they were. And so that, that becomes kind of a, I mean, that, that changes the trajectory of the movie because it comes from, like, seeing ghosts to it's superimposed to, oh, maybe these people did it. And then it changes to... Because they disappeared. They they were nowhere to they, be seen. They were Yeah, they were gone. They moved away um, afterwards. But then it, I think it pivots again to it, 
the psychic because he had met Alice prior. So then they start to blame him and don't want to talk to him to finally getting like the footage on the cell phone when she was at Lake Mungo. Yeah. Like they, they find the phone and then like, they find like a really disturbing image and it's like the father recognized the image as the body. Like that's what my daughter's body looked like when she died. Yeah. About that scene. I mean, we could talk about it if, cause like, go ahead. (laughs) There's, it's this, it's a 2005 phone. I think this place takes place in 05. Correct? Is that what they we or, I think so. It's been a while since I watched it. There, there was some time passing, so, so I'm not sure exactly when exactly this flashback flip, on the video. It was flip phone on a flip phone. Yeah, it was. I think it was toward the end of 2005, her death, and then aftermath 2006. Okay, that might be what it is. So we're throwing it. Might be before that because she was alive at this point. She's at the Lake Mungo with her friends, and it seems like they're having fun. But from this video, it looks like maybe she's distraught, and they see her was burying her phone but on the video she's like walking you kind of see something in the at the far edges of the frame like an outline of a person then you slowly get closer and it's like it's clearly it looks like her face but like this bloated face if she had been drowned but it's clearly alice is still alive seen her looks like herself potentially drowned so like i don't know if that was real if it's supernatural it's sort of like this omen that she foresaw her death and I feel, yeah, it kind of feels like an omen to me. Like she first saw her death. I think that's exactly what it is. And she says as much too. And she's talking to, what was his name? Ray, Ray? I think. Yeah, the psychic. Like it, the movie opens kind of with a clip of that, right? Her predicting her own death. That's right. And then we revisit that scene. I feel like something bad has happened. It hasn't reached me yet, but it's on its way. So that's freaky. It, and that shot is freaky, and there's several of them, it but is. like, it's really jarring to see that. And then it seems like she scuttles away, and then it's going to cut back to it when they're, ta- they're interviewing people. All the scenes were like the recording of like ghost activity, of like, of whether it's real or not real, since it's so low quality. There's such a very eerie, creepy element to them. Yep. I don't know why. There's just something about like bad quality where you see something creepy you just like cannot explain like what the fuck it is and it's like done very well and like what i find interesting is that there's i think it's revealed like almost near the end of the movie where like there are times where he where the brother did superimpose things but they're also found that there were actually Mm -hmm. ghosts quote-unquote in the actual frame itself it just he just wasn't looking in the right spot so yeah. it is like it really like there is like you said a lot of twists in this movie. Yeah, it like changes your like changes your perception. You know, you you're looking where it was superimposed, but like on the corner, she was actually in the different mirror, or she was off down the hallway. Um, and they do that during the credits. They show scenes where it doesn't seem like even things were recorded, like the happy Such birthday a good scene. Credits. It's a very good credits sequence. That. And those are really, I think they work because one, as you mentioned, Pete, like it's grainy, so you can't entirely make it out. But the camera is pretty static. It's just holding there. So like I'm waiting for something to happen or a jump scare and they don't. There really isn't that jump scare, that that music cue. But sometimes it just like slowly starts to turn the camera to like a mirror and zoom in and you kind of see the outline of a person like in a mirror or down yeah. another hallway. To me, that was very effective. It worked on me. I felt very uneasy and eerie 
um, watching those and like want to check over my shoulder as I was watching the movie. And I think um, one big thing we forgot to mention, because since we talked about all the big pop points at this point for this movie, um, is the create like what a very effective last scene where it flips the script a little bit where it's like it's like the mother's interview with ray and then the daughter's interview with ray mm-hmm. and they're both experiencing the same house but at different points of time in their life like the daughter's experiencing the house like in a dream like when she's dead is what we know and like the mother sees her daughter experiencing this in her dream i think is what it is it's like very weird and like how like he takes them through this like dream sequence and how they're like interacting with each other it's 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 very interesting i don't know how to explain it to be honest they kind of like touch on too like they're so similar yet um i forget exactly how they articulate it but they're very similar and yet because they're so similar to each other they like kind of I don't know if they always got along, which is like a super normal thing to do when you're 16 also. But I think there's also some truth to that because I feel like on a personal level for me, like I felt like there's some personality overlap that I have with my mom that I feel like we butt heads a lot because of certain similarities that we have. So absolutely. So like I related to that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Me too. It's interesting though. It's so similar, but that it causes strife or conflict. Or you would you would think yeah. it'd be smooth sailing. You would yeah. think. Is there anything that you want to bring up about the movie, Lindsay? I feel like you didn't really get a chance. I I felt like I just kept talking because I it well, was all coming back to me, which is why I just didn't stop talking. <laughs> so I apologize. No, I I think that's no, that's totally fine because I haven't like really known how to how to speak about what I watched. It was just so unlike anything. It is very unlike most that, things I've seen. Yeah. I haven't been able to put words to it. So, uh, no, that's totally I've had too much to adjust um, it. So that was my advantage. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I really didn't know what to make of this movie. Um, in all honesty. And I think the, the message that the director, um, shared was that it's more like an exploration of grief i think like it really bummed me out you know like did it have horror elements absolutely but it's really more than anything like you're seeing a family go through the worst thing that can happen and it was like beyond sad like i was like really bummed out watching it and then after and it's again there's nothing else that i can compare it's a different emotional note for sure because like you really feel for the family trying to deal with their grief because they're all experiencing it in different ways and managing it in different ways. Yeah. There's such a, and this is something that can happen in yeah. real life too. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that, that's what I was just going to say. So it, there's like such a weight on my chest when I watched it because yeah, there are horror elements to it. And uh, what well, you said, Lindsay, but like there's two, there's like the realism horror of like, this could happen to a family and, you know, you lose a daughter or a sister and you're just trying to under why that would happen in your life, like why this why this would happen and then and, and doubting it, not accepting it and how you overcome it. But then they, they do put in kind of 
that supernatural ghost story horror elements to it um, as well. Are you seeing like spirits or some sort of restless spirit who needs something, some past trauma resolved in order to pass on? And you kind of get that at the ending. They find out but it was really like, I mean, I guess they found out about the affair with the neighbors, but then also like that she saw this omen, I guess is one thing she wanted them to know as well. But yeah, she like, was trying yes. to hide it because I think she just didn't know how to deal with it because she was a teenager. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's just, he- I mean, you get the scary yeah. stuff from like the, the found Heady footage stuff. and ghosts, but like, I think a lot of like the stuff I felt in my chest was just from like the psychological, emotional journey the family was going on. The mom, especially mm-hmm. in this movie. Well said. Relentless, relentless in in that. But uh, as far as I know, that's the last time we're going to get a movie like this because I think this is Joel Anderson who wrote and directed it. That's it. This is all he's done. I don't. Really? That's interesting. I'll, I'll I'll double check it, but I don't think Joel Anderson has done. Let's see. I thought it was interesting that Australia's government paid for it. I thought yeah. that like I know that's a little more prevalent in in other countries that like yeah well i think like the new zealand board paid for yeah. what brain dead yeah because like you know they just, these other countries just don't have a big enough like their mm-hmm. own structure for film industry like hollywood does right so that the government subsidizes it so that they can have their own cultural influence in film yeah that makes that's like cronenberg in canada too doesn't he yeah. do his yeah in Canada because yeah they pay they fund a lot of his movies. That's why they saw the Star Wars movies in England because they got that tax write off. Pete, I don't think we cover this, but I have two questions. Um, okay. One, I we were in high school, like we were the same age as the. Um, That's as right. Alice I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I had not heard of this movie, maybe because it was Australian. So one, my question is, did you guys even hear about this movie when it uh, came out? And two, uh, what made you pick this movie? I definitely not have heard of it. I think I didn't hear of it until later, like maybe briefly talked about it with my friend that's really into horror movies very briefly. But because I used to get like horror magazines that would talk about like, you know, underrated horror movies. So I was like kind of aware of it and then it kind of faded out of my memory because I just like didn't really have a way to watch it because I don't know, like there was no rental stores anymore to like, I like would have to rent it from like online and like now, like I feel like I have to justify to do that because I like have so many different streaming services. So basically it was just like the reason I picked it. Modern yeah, era. It's like the reason I picked it is because I've been wanting, I've been chasing to watch it for quite a f- few years now. So this was all our first time watching this, correct? Correct. Never seen it. Yeah. I had heard of it, but not like when it came out. Yeah. I did not hear about it then. Yeah, no, I had not even heard the of it. The reason why it popped into my mind is that like how I mentioned earlier, how I own Dawn of the Dead, that same smaller company also put out that movie on oh. blu-ray pretty recently so i i jump started i was like oh yeah like i've been wanting to see that movie yeah i was able to watch it on tubi um free with ads i just so. rented it because i didn't want to deal with ads <laughs> yeah 
yeah, it's not a movie you're going to find, you know, on a lot of streaming services. Um, it seems pretty limited. Maybe yeah. Netflix in its glory days when it had nothing else to compete with it. <laughs> yeah. I think I get this movie confused with Willow Creek. Yes. It, 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 this wasn't the movie, like, once I read it and turned it on, I was like, okay, this is the movie. But the initial synopsis was like, what? This isn't the movie I thought it was going to be. Willow Creek. I think is that any movie. like Australian movie of that era, it's like Eden Lake, you know, or Eden like... Lake too. Yeah. Oh man. I think... Yeah, that's a tough one. Lindsay, have you seen Eden Lake? No, but didn't you guys? Yeah, cover it was the second it episode ever. <laughs> yeah, it was a very early episode. Yeah. Oh, that's a doozy. That's on that's par with one. like red with the green room. And what, what did you guys kind of think of the ending of this movie? Did you think it was a like? spooky yeah it was like a very eerie it was a little happy too because they 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 moved on and but like it still had this like afterthought of like it kind of felt like she's still gonna be there to me right yeah Uh like at the place because it i feel like it does finally establish that there's there is some kind of supernatural element going on at this house and but it wasn't exactly evil you know it wasn't evil it was just like it almost was helping them in a way because this is interdimensional is all it seemed like like there was or on the same plane but she's on some different plane there was no like possessions jump scares attacking people moving furniture it was just sometimes they caught it on the corner of a frame and so oh, there was like some activity in that one room Right. Is that right? The the dad's experience, I feel like, was the most like yeah experience that a person had. And that's just him recounting the story too. Yeah, we don't, we don't see we don't it know. as the audience. Yeah, but it was creepy. Yeah, hearing it. And I think these actors are really good. In my, they are very good. Like I thought they really did a good job of like playing their parts. But like when you're, I mean, if you're in that situation, but also like in the mockumentary style. Like they were conveying emotion, they were conveying feeling, but I feel like also you wouldn't want to break down in front of a camera or something. You try to like hold yourself together and you might be doing that off camera together, but they seemed how you would act in front of a camera, in front of a crew, if they were asked talking about these things. I thought I don't know anything else these actors have been in, but they were good too. <laughs> yeah. Is there any um interesting trivia about this movie, Lindsay? I feel like that's, that's pretty much the whole movie right there that we just talked about. That's true, yeah. <laughs> that's the movie. I There's not a lot sense. of trivia to be found on this one. Um, however, there is one. And I don't know if I agree with this, but I think it's very high praise coming from this person. So Jordan Peele said in a podcast that Lake Mungo is one of the movies that scared him the most. And I'm like, Jordan Peele? Like, he said that, like, I again, I don't think I agree, but uh, that's the one interesting, that is interesting. trivia nugget and I, think I could find. I could see that because, like, he, I feel like he finds stuff like rabbits. He said that rabbits really scare him, which is why they have that shot in us. So I think yeah. he true. finds very strange things scary to him, and I'm sure probably has to do with family. You know, I, don't, I wonder if he's a fan. You know, if he's a father. I don't know. I actually don't know if he is or not, but I'm sure that could play a factor because 
Because, like, I, I told my friend, who I know is super into found footage movies, and I was watching it, and I was like, I feel like this is a movie you would love. And she was like, you're right, I do love this movie. She's like, I'm surprised you're watching it because of the whole dead daughter thing. And I was like, I didn't even think about that. I have a daughter. <laughs> and then, yeah. You know, very creepy, very upsetting to think yeah. about losing a daughter. I did, it didn't even dawn to me. And then and I was like, wow, thanks for, for saying that to yeah. me. Now. <laughs> thanks for putting that in my brain. <laughs> That's a different, yeah. like, element okay. of fear. Yes. Uh, I, it just lingers with me. I mean, this one, like I get like Jordan Peele saying it's one of his, one of his scarier ones or he's seen because there's no real jump scares, but just seeing like, like in those shots, a figure come in, but then you get the end credits where they show that same shot or an earlier shot where there was a ghost in the image. Yes. You didn't know it. So it's always like, Oh, is there something always lingering in a mirror, in a shadow, wherever I'm at, if I'm not just paying attention. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And so that, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's gonna be especially fun when you're trying to sleep at night. No, not a good I movie to watch before day. going to bed. <laughs> when oh, I man. watched it, it really would yeah, prey on that fear well. Of, like if you wake up in the middle of the night and you like look at the door and there's like an outline of the door. If you maybe like put a robe over it or something, you're like, wait, is that a person? Is it not? This movie is gonna mess with your head if you <laughs> if you think it's that. Oh no, that's definitely something there. But yeah, this one lingered with me. Um, it, it does have that effect of lingering. Lingers. Do you guys think it was a success box office wise, budget wise? Hard to say. I want to say no, because I just feel like it's really hard for, inter, you know, foreign movies to make a lot of money in America, especially. <laughs> Did it go? I have some Australian numbers. That's my question. <laughs> Maybe it was successful in Australia. I could see okay. that because from what's what is what is yeah. from my numbers here, it was a budget of one point seven million. What is what is the Australian dollar? Do we know what that is? Yeah, there's a conversion hmm. rate. I think it. What's the name of it? Is it just called Australian dollar? It's called the Australian dollar. Okay. Yeah. All right, I was like, that just, all right, then I was right. I just, it doesn't seem, so the Australian dollar, it was, they made it for 1.7 million. And then it made 29,850 Australian dollars. That's rough. It was a big flop. Big flop, 88 minutes. It's, it's, you know, a tight, quick hour and a half movie. But I know it premiered at film festivals and it's been very well received from audiences and critics alike. Um, Just didn't. I feel like at this point, it probably has made a profit because since it was made for so cheap and it was during a time when DVD sales were very strong, you know, it's like, I know it it probably didn't blow any numbers, but like DVDs for movies, you basically were printing money for movies because like there's almost no cost Mm -hmm. for them for, and it was like the height of DVD sales. And then you get money for going on TV, and not to mention, I rented it. That's movie. That's money right there. Uh, they got money. Yeah, I gave him. I gave him like four dollars. Yeah. <laughs> four American dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's worth. I mean, I watched it on Plex, um, but I think it's worth four bucks. I think it's worth. I'd. I'd like to have this in my collection. I think it's. I'll send very you the underrated. Link for that. It's a very cool cover of the 
of the company. I don't know if it's in 4K, so I don't know if okay. it's region free, but I'll still send it your way. Yeah, it's send a really it to cool me. Cover. It's it's like I, I always see on like those underrated horror movies you've maybe never heard of or never seen. I had this one had not been in there for a while, but I'm glad I got around to it. Some almost 20 years later. No, 2008 it came out, but still. 15 years. It's close. Let's it's not close. date ourselves too much. Yeah, well, it's not. <laughs> so, Matt, is that a defend? We've reached the conclusion of the podcast. Congratulations on making it all the way. You have one final challenge. The terrible trio will decide whether this movie passes the test. Choose wisely. Defend or destroy. I'll keep it short and sweet. Yeah, defend. I really liked it for what I just said. Um, I thought it was like a really good job of blending. Is it supernatural elements and like this psychological horror, this psychological drama um, of this family? I thought it was directed really well, shot very well, and then acted very well from these these people. And I don't think they've really done anything else except this movie. But I was not blown away, but close to it. I mean, from from not hearing about this movie. So I really enjoyed Lake Mungo. I would recommend and defend. All right. One defend. Yeah. Pete, you want to take the stand? I would say I agree with pretty much everything you're saying, but something in me wants to say destroy. And I don't know quite why. I think it was me wanting a little bit more out of it. And I know that's like a very selfish reason to destroy a movie but i felt like it's just maybe the style of them like as interesting as it was like it's just like i wanted a little bit more i think that comes from just how used we are to like how american movies Mm -hmm. do wrap up things more of a clear bow than foreign films tend to but i think everything else is very interesting about it so it's just like for selfish reasons, I want to destroy it. For then, that's about it. For selfish reasons, yeah. For selfish reasons, I will destroy. Okay, so you got to defend and destroy, Lindsay. You got to round it out. I don't think that's selfish, but yeah, round rounding things out. Um, as we've covered, this is a lot different than um what we usually watch. I think what any of us really usually watch. It's interesting that you kind of noted the style of the movie because I have that here in my notes. I don't think I liked this movie because of the style. Um, I don't think it lands for me for that reason. Um, It has scary imagery to be sure, but um, this particular style takes away from the movie for me. Um, Like I said, it's mostly really more of a bummer for me. it doesn't rely on a lot of cheap jump scares, um, and you certainly can't really predict what's going to happen next. Um, so I think that has you know it going for it. But I don't feel like the plot. There's not much of one there. Um, mm-hmm. It's partly sad, partly a mystery, um, because of what the family is going through. That's like a real life horror, um, as we've discussed. But um, for me, it's going to be a destroy. I just didn't really enjoy right, it. So that is a destroy from the It Records crew by the numbers. We're running the numbers. It's a two to one. It's so, two to one. Um, if you're looking to 
to watch it, uh, we, we've mentioned some places, but in our show notes, we have the link to our letterbox or our catalog in there in letterbox that includes all the movies we've watched. So if you go there, it's going to give you the most up-to-date place to watch it. Check it out. And our social media is in there as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's going to be there. Our posts on when new episodes are coming out, new seasons. And if there's any blogs out there, any blogs we've written that you want to read and check up on. But I think that'll round it out for for this episode. I appreciate everybody sticking around with us to listen to Lake Mungo, to what we've watched or otherwise, as well as our handyman tale, our creepy headline. But uh, until next time, though, I will remain in the shadows house at Lake Mungo. I'll be at the lake house with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock traveling to the time. And don't be surprised if I jump out at you from the shadows. <laughs> <laughs>